Good afternoon. You're listening to Johnny Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM WRHC out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and 93.5 WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan. I'm John Goldman, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Conley, guitarist extraordinaire, plays with beer, hippies, and bone naked. How you doing, Adam? Good. How are you? All right. How was your week? Good. It's hot. Yeah, it got hot. I'm glad it's hot, but it's it's hot. Summer solstice and then just yeah, heat and 90. rain since then. Yeah. All right. It's good for the plants. Uh, our And speaking of which, our show is underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And uh, welcome to everybody. We're going to play you some songs. We also have some special guests in the studio today. Adam, who are they? We have my beer hippies brethren, Bob and Steve. How's it going, man? How you doing? All right, great to have you guys here. <laughs> and uh, we are going to start out with a quick song or two. And um, so actually, this is an original song by Bob Federson, who's here with us. Steve Murray's also here with us, both of them from Beer Hippies. And we're going to start out with a song from uh, Bob's 2016 album called My Terry Ann. And this is the title track. Here we go. Where's this? 
a grand dam that was black. One hundred miles from her house, there and back. Big curly hair in a blue jean skirt. Back then she wore a Springsteen t-shirt That was Terry Ann off Bob's 2016 album, Terry Ann. Uh, awesome. Thank you. I, I, I remember, um, and we're here in the studio with Bob Federson and Steve Murray, uh, Adam Conley and I, and I'm John Goldman. And our, our friend Paul is. And our friend Paul is hanging out, too. Hanging all right. Out. Drinking water. Yeah, drinking water. <laughs> uh, we, we're all uh, drinking water. Yeah, yeah, we're all drinking, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. I don't have a bottle of water, though, so. <laughs> to be fair, Bob offered me half of his beer. It was very gracious of him. All right. So we uh, we had an opportunity to uh, – uh, I I first got that album when I saw you playing at that brewery on uh, Lemon Creek Road or whatever that – what was that brewery? Yeah. Um, uh, Cultivate? Cultivate. Cultivate, yeah. 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 It, it's no longer there, but uh, yeah. that, was, that was before I actually met you. And I, I was like, oh man, this is great! I got the album. I think I was there, Conley. Yep. It was, mm-hmm. uh, and Aiden, Aiden was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so there. I remember now, thirteen. So we can trace it all back. How this, you know, how we all got to know each other. Well, not Steve and Adam. You guys have known each other for quite a long time. But oh, yeah. uh, Bob is a true troubadour. I would say he plays what hundreds, hundreds of shows a year. I Over mean, 170. 170 a shows a year. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, all over Michigan, Indiana, at least northwest Indiana. I, I know you get Illinois, Wisconsin. stuff in Indiana. I mean, Illinois. Yeah. Wisconsin, too? Yeah. yeah up to Madison up. and oh, Milwaukee and uh, a couple other places up there. Beloit. I spent a month one night in Beloit. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that whole uh, old Harry Chapin saying, didn't he like say something right. like that? Yes, his, yeah, absolutely. Um, Bob also does a two-hour live radio show on WVLP out of uh, Valparaiso, Indiana. That's what, Wednesday nights from, from uh, six, to eight. 6 to 8. Right. Central time. And then yeah. it replays uh, Saturday, Saturdays. Uh, from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock uh, Central time. All right. Steve, Steve Murray, is uh, one of the founders of Burnham Brewery in Michigan City, and he's been playing, uh, I, I've seen him uh, playing since he was in high school, music. So, uh, you know, I know that he, you know, his musical roots grow real far back. My question, how did you guys, Bob Federson and Steve Murray, get to know each other? Well, uh, I think it started because of the brewery, mostly. Uh, yeah. I think Fed is keen to play in breweries more than anywhere else that he plays. I love to play breweries. <laughs> yeah. yeah but we were 
we were like in our first year of being open, which we didn't have a tap room yet. We were just doing distribution all over like the state of Indiana. And um, I got a call from Fed, and it was right after I saw one of his music videos for one of his songs because you were playing at 18th Street. They shared it on Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, this was awesome. The song was awesome. And you called me. I got out of nowhere. And uh, I think you called the brewery, I think, and I got a hold of you that way. So. But yeah, we were, you were asking to play a show at the brewery. I was like, oh, we don't have a tap room or any public coming to the breweries, so like, we can't really do a show here. But when we open up and get that, we, we'll have you here. And then, yeah, it just evolved from that. Um, and, and you did. And uh, I think even before you were having music there, uh, you had asked me to come and play at a tap takeover at Franklin House. Yeah, yeah. So was... um, I invited you out to the radio show yeah. that I do, the Left of Center radio show. Right. And uh, you came out. And uh, we promoted the show on the radio show, and then uh, just took off from there. Yeah, we got to spin some records on that, and then yeah, once we opened the tap room, kind of had you play multiple times probably before we started vinyl nights. But yeah, yeah. our uh, our vinyl night at the brewery started off from every Tuesday. Bob was just you wanted to just do it out of random one night. Like, didn't you have like a show cancel, and you were like, "Hey, can I come spin vinyl at?" That was exactly the brewery? it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so now you guys do that every Tuesday, right? Yeah, so the every, vinyl night? Yeah, every Tuesday. Night. All yeah. year long. And, all right, so doing this vinyl night and started having special uh, uh, musical guests, is that what happened? Yeah. Well, yeah, Or jamming afterwards or something along those lines? Well, vinyl night just kind of started, was going on for a good whole year. And then I think it was, uh, you had a chance from one of your buddies was driving through and needed a gig. And it was it happened to be a Tuesday night, so we decided to have him play at the end of this vinyl night. And during that show, um, uh, his name was David Dondero. He was playing. He's a David great singer songwriter. Yeah, NPR. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, he called for a gig, yeah. and I'm like, wow. I'm like, the first people I always think of is you know Burnham. I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm gonna call Steve or Zach and talk to either one of you, and see if if David could come play. And the, the, the great thing about Burnham is when it comes to art and music and all that, the answer is almost always yes. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. There's a lot of no in this world. No. And uh, Dave Dondero is an incredible singer-songwriter. NPR said he's one of the greatest living songwriters amongst Paul McCartney and Bob Dylan. And, uh, you know, and, and he doesn't have a huge following, though. So... Uh, which is kind of tragic, but I'm like, this guy's great. You guys would just, you know, he just really have is. Him come and play. And they said yes. And and then I think that night it was just all original music. We were just kind of, like I went to Bob later that night. was like, hey, we should be doing this, like, at least in the busy months all summer long, every Tuesday night. So kind of evolved. Uh, and that was three years ago when Dave first played. But uh, we did two solid years now of May through, uh, May through September. We have the live acts accompanying Vinyl Night. And then, um, yeah, this is uh, the start of our third year, and coming into July strong. It's amazing. Well, Steve, I know um, just from sort of witnessing things going on from, uh, you know, back behind the scene that uh, you started having music at Burnham, and, you know, you'd have uh, bands coming through. And I always know that if a band, if you guys pick a band to play there, they are going to be solid. I've I, I've uh, gotten turned on to many awesome bands through seeing them at your at Burnham Brewery. Uh, 
left uh, left lane cruiser. Those guys are uh, yeah. crazy. <laughs> Which we have them back for our Labor Day's party September yeah. 1st this year. So. And, and Andrew... Uh, um, uh, Andrew Fisher Quartet. Then they yep. started playing with you guys, or playing there earlier um, on. But I know they played there just last week at that party you had. Yeah, we, we've had them out quite a bit. Um, and we used to. I used to play music with uh, Dustin, their, their bass player. He used to play. Dustin uh, Lau. Yeah, right. yeah. When we used to work Dustin with him Lowe. over at, uh, we used to work together at Greenbush way back in the day. And uh, yeah, so we just kind of used to jam together. We never had any like a band or any live gigs. But yeah, and kind of. He went his way of playing music, and yeah, we've always loved what he did. He's a great musician, and meeting up with the Andrew Fisher and the rest of the guys, they're all just so great. Yeah, uh, you were talking about uh, David Dondero, and I, I know he got he opened up for you guys when he played at the Hideout in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah, was, one cold night. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a pleasure. very cold night. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. <laughs> was it cold? It felt yeah. cold. It was dark, cold, rainy, probably. Oh, okay. was, I don't uh, remember the date of it by any means. I remember being outside. <laughs> but, oh. It was a Thursday in Chicago, oh, okay. and it, it was definitely a rainy day. Steve was, <laughs> you were running around like a maniac that day. I was you in were, Chicago since like 6 in the morning. Yeah, was, you're brewing <laughs> with a brewery, yeah. you know, doing collabs, and, and had to come trying to get to Northside from Southside with no car. Yeah, but Don Dara <laughs> was, uh, th- that was awesome. He had never played the hideout before. He'd only been there uh-huh. before, and I just can't believe a, a, an artist like, like Dave hasn't played the hideout. He's, he's just amazing. And uh, he's like, oh, I'd love to come play the hideout. So uh, he, he opened for Beer Hippies, which yeah. was un- unbelievable to me. Set up on the honor. floor. Uh-huh. Right? I mean, yeah. just an honor. I feel like it would be the other way. No. Yeah. <laughs> so he set up on the floor. He wouldn't set up on the stage because we had all our gear back line. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, I don't want to mess with the gear. I'll just set up on the floor. I mean, he's just such a humble guy it's unbelievable and he was um, just playing acoustic right just acoustic yeah. and a vocal and he's just mesmerized that place was silent for that whole yeah, half yeah. hour the hour that he played jaws just, dropped. And, 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 you know yeah. a lot of people just mobbing him afterwards buying all the records and, you know, yeah. and he, 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 he loves the park there it was like oh. yeah <laughs> so yeah but I, I think the hideout's Gonna it has limited days there because uh, there there's a huge project going into that area, Lincoln yeah. Yards, and I, I want to say that uh, they were holding out, they were trying to figure it out, but I'm pretty sure that they're not gonna stay open. That's too bad. Yeah, That's, that building's got a lot of history. Like yeah, up, up in the green room there, Mavis Staples uh, front, throne. There's yeah, a yeah, throne like up a there. Gold that right. throne, yeah. throne. Yeah, yeah. cool. A picture of me <laughs> eating pizza. Sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> The staples throw. Yeah. Adam's eating pizza. Like that's uh, <laughs> unbelievable. So if I, yeah. if we didn't make it clear before, Adam is a member of Beer Hippies, which is the band yeah. that uh, Bob and Steve and Steve's brother Blake uh, and their partner Howie and uh, Marcus Saferd, uh, yeah. earlier guests on our show, all members of uh, the Beer Hippies. How did that come about? Oh, Beer wow. Hippies. Well, I think it was an idea of. I mean, of. Between us talking at vinyl nights, uh, just about getting together and jamming, because um, once Bob figured out I played music at all, it was every time like he was playing at Burnham, would call me up to play with them, and then some started to learn all the RRF songs, and 
I mean, you do that with everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, um, after uh, just like meeting all these guys and knowing them, I met Adam at a Burnham event, uh, Burnham at the farm. Yep. And uh, oh, yeah. you rocked out with Tree, which was, uh, you know, Steve and Blake and Howie. It was very cold that day. Yes, he was. <laughs> you sat down and talked with Terry Ann and I, and I'm like, oh, I just, I didn't know you've been playing guitar. And then I saw you go up and play with the guys. And I'm like, he's left handed. Yeah. He's a massive lead guitar player. Like, oh, man. It's so great to be in a band with these guys, you know, and uh, I think you can learn a lot from people through their record collections. So, mm -hmm. uh, Steve had been on the radio show Left to Center a, a couple times, and uh, a lot of albums that he would bring were doubles like of mine like I, oh I got this one I got that one I got that one like it, it just seemed natural like why don't we like just form a, a, a band and, and try and get something you know musically together when we can you know uh -huh. I mean, everybody yeah. works and everybody does things oh, and, and you guys you are know. all just maniacs with all the work that you do <laughs> there's a lot of work between everybody yeah. In, yeah. in this band and uh, you know so like when we can get together it's uh, it's just been like a really meaningful thing to get together with these guys and play music after just meeting everybody and hanging out and just figuring out like I really really like these guys and I mean I love these guys but like you have to like the people in your band too though and uh, just meeting all the guys and hanging out for you know a while it, it was just um, you know it just hit me I'm like you know I would really love to be in a band with all these guys so I'm like usually Bob you uh, just play by yourself or with well with Terry uh, yeah, right with Terry Ann and uh, do you do you also have other people play with you, like when you do your um, solo stuff I do. at the breweries and stuff like that? I've got a violinist named Ingrid Chimnoski, and uh, whenever she can come play, she comes out and plays. And then my friend Rick Hainline, we call him Rick the Shadow, he's a fireman, so whenever he's not on duty, he comes out and he plays. He was out at Burnham just you know this yeah. past week. Uh, so he's fantastic. And then uh, Dustin Lowe plays bass once in a while. Um, it's kind of like a pickup game, uh -huh. like you know, yeah, like a yeah. basketball pickup game. Whoever's in the neighborhood, all right, we're playing the New Buffalo. Yeah, right. Who's in the neighborhood? Come on out and jam yeah. and play. Sometimes you're stuck with just two on two. Sometimes you got five on five. Huh? Yeah, and it's uh, any incarnation. I, I just I like to be able to handle. If it's solo, great. If it's with Terry Ann and I, which it mostly is, that's great. But then uh, we have uh, Pat Troy from Michigan City plays harmonica, and a guy named Aaron Miller from Kalamazoo plays percussion with us. So. Uh, there's some steady people, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, whoever's available and wants to come play, yeah, come out and play. And, and with Beer Hippies, you guys, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but you uh, put out a 45 before you even started playing in public. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. We, uh, Pretty much. Yeah. Way before the horse. Yeah. yeah we, uh, that was a great approach. How did that all happen? We, what, what was going on with that? Technically, we had one show before. Monroe's, remember in Hudson Lake? No, that was after. That was still after. Yeah, okay, I couldn't. Yeah, well, either way, uh, yeah. Um, I, st I mean, Fed's wrote written uh, hundreds of songs. I'd say, right? I'm, I'm <laughs> in the hundreds. You're yeah. in the hundreds. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe more. I'm also 49 years old. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just started writing music only a couple of years ago, and I've, I've got a small little repertoire of songs and. Uh, the couple I wrote, like, specifically for Beer Hippies, I've got some that I do acoustic very rarely, but um, it's, uh, yeah, when we started playing together in Beer Hippies, I just started showing Bob some of these songs that I've never really showed anyone, and it kind of evolved from there. Uh, just yeah. And we thought about being, uh, like, a cover band, because, um, you know, a, a lot of the idea was like, oh, you have this album, I love this band, and uh, I have that album, I love that artist, and yeah. we thought about that, but with all the creativity... 
uh, that goes on within everybody in this group to play originals just kind of naturally evolved. And that's kind of you know, and you showing me songs that you wrote. I'm like, well, then, we should play these songs. I think with you know? that was like about the same time we started doing the acoustic vinyl nights at Burnham, and when we decided to do that with booking the artists for those. Um, it was all about the original music. We were not really booking anyone that does all covers. Some people throw covers in, which is definitely not a problem. We do too, but it's like, yeah, uh, yeah we just wanted to have that focus on original music, just new yeah. stuff coming out. So, uh, Steve, you're one of the writers for the band. How does that work? You, you bring a song there and everyone works it up or figures out their part? You know, what, yeah, What's going on with that collaboration? When I, when I write a song, it's really just lyrics and acoustic, like rhythm part, and then... Mm-hmm. It, um, together we've worked on all of the songs to build them up to what, what they are. Adam's doing leads and all the little lead parts during like verses and stuff. And then we just added Marcus to the band after only about about halfway through our lifespan. Cause we're about two years old as a band, so it's been yeah maybe a little older, maybe a little older. But yeah, Marcus has been with us for about a year. And uh, Marcus Safer, yeah. keyboard player. Yeah, so adding key, adding keys was just a whole other. With already three guitars in the band, but Fed's playing mostly <laughs> acoustic. Poor guy. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed that you you've uh, got your acoustic out there, but you're doing a lot of the singing too, Bob. Right. I'm, I'm doing yeah. probably half of the singing. Steve's got the other half, and we're we're incorporating Marcus doing lead, and we're incorporating uh, Howie doing some lead vocals. And Blake. Too. Um, yeah, Blake. And, yeah, yeah. Blake is uh, he does a few songs where he sings. Uh, parts of uh, verses and uh, we usually end with Whipping Post uh, yeah. from Allman Brothers and, and Blake just kills that song. He's yeah. great. So we're trying to get everybody to sing in the band. Um, we put a microphone in front of Adam and there's no vocals coming out of it. So <laughs> never hopefully. put a microphone not, in front of it. I noticed that, that's, Margaret, There's that no wire true. even coming out of that <laughs> I've, uh, I've asked you, though. <laughs> you approach I, uh, us. I'm, you I'm warming up to it. He's thinking know. about. Uh, it's not necessary though. There's, thinking about there's thinking five about people singing. that are really good at it. And <laughs> that like doing it. You know. Well, so. the the fun thing about uh, the band is that you know Steve will bring like pretty much you know a, a canvas and like have you know lyrics and and uh, you know his own guitar part and then uh, I think everybody just kind of naturally does their own thing with that and uh, same approach for me. I don't, I don't. I can't tell Adam how to play. Uh, his guitar, so like it's you nice can, just to let but... people do what they're going to do to an idea, so it sounds like you know. So oh, everybody's yeah. incorporated in the song. Um, yep. it, it, it's kind of worked out that way with Steve's songs and with my songs. We're just you know, hey, here's an idea, and then whatever you think is appropriate for it, you do without anyone telling anybody. You need to play this. Uh-huh. No. You need yeah. to play that. There's and, no one band leader. You guys are all figuring it out as yeah, you go. Completely. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. been shows where you'll just start something we've never heard before and we'll sort of the other five of us will figure it out as we're going we're all kind of huddled around you watching what you're playing and we're figuring yeah. out parts of the fun it's like keep that oh cool time. add that to the <laughs> list there's there's one you know and it's like but the other tune songs for no one completely evolved around that yeah you know but, you know poor marcus had to come in with like here's here's fourteen songs, you know, and there's already three guitar players, really busy bass and drums. Uh, so write parts for all these, and we'll we'll see in a week, you know. Right. And, and you know, there was like five of us that were like really pretty close friends too. And Marcus, like, I've known him for a while. Yeah, he's, he's always been really and, like good friend of ours. But yeah. at the same time, he was like, he had to get pushed into that too. Yeah, but he yeah, but he's he's one, awesome. he's one of us. In the, he's in super open. If yeah. it's like here, maybe if you have this sort of sound in the in the keyboard, this. 
maybe instrument or whatever. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure. And he's, he's not. He's caught up pretty quick. Yeah, and he's super know. open-minded. I want to play uh, one of the Beer Hippie songs. We uh, heard some of the um, uh, um, instrumental part of it at the beginning of the show. Uh, it's called uh, Drinks with the Devil. Is that one of your songs, Steve? Yes, yeah, so that's one of mine. Out of the two we have like recorded um, right now, is Drinks with the Devil is one of mine. And then we did one of Bob's, too, which I think we'll hear, too. So is that Jump in the Water? That is Jump yeah, in the Water. Uh, we'll hear that sometime during the show. Let's start with Drinks with yeah. the Devil. But uh, I do want to do a station announcement. You're listening to Johnny Secret Stash. I'm here, John Goldman, with uh, my co-host Adam Conley, and we're here in the studio with Bob Federson and Steve Murray. Uh, Radio Harbor Country, which is WRHC 106.7 FM and WRHZ 93.5 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan and Sawyer, Michigan, respectively. We're underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan. For everything you need to grow your own secret stash. All right, let's check out Drinks with the Devil. This is Beer Hippies.
Drinks with the Devil, Beer Hippie Song, written by Steve Murray. What's that song about, Steve? Ooh, um, <laughs> that one didn't. That was one of my like one of my first songs. I, well, I had a couple acoustic ones that I'd done, but that one was the first one I really wrote for like a full rock band, like essentially. And uh, the uh, it didn't really have like thought to the lyrics. That it was all stuff that sounded, you know, pretty good together. But I mean, it has a it has a theme, I guess, about like just being tempted to drink, you know. Learn, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. The <laughs> All right, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean to put you on the spot like that. Yeah, yeah. I uh, about that that co- that's <laughs> off your forty-five. Uh, yeah. I don't actually remember if it's side A or side B or side, side A. Side, side A. A. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and you guys recorded that at uh, Steve Albini's studio yeah, in Chicago, uh, Electrical right? Audio out there. All right. Yeah. How did that come about? Like, you know, how did you guys arrange that? And I think we talked about it before. That was basically. Your that was you. You did that first, and then started getting out and playing. Yeah, so kind of get some concrete now. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know to to be a band, my idea is pretty old fashioned. I'm 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 totally just into records, and I think that bands make their mark by making a record. Um, you know, it's great to have stuff out on YouTube and streaming and all that kind of stuff, but I think uh, a proper recording and a proper album that's still like the way I like to do things. And I've been recording with Steve for a long time, so when we got uh, some cool tunes together. I'm like, let's just go in. It's economical to go in and just do two songs. And we used one of Steve's engineers, uh, John Sampaolo, who's been working for Steve Albini since 2006. I met John in 2006 when he just started at Electrical Audio. And I'm like, he, he's great. He's uh, wears he the awesome. same jumpsuit yeah. that Steve wears. Yeah, yeah He's uh, <laughs> just a humble, cool guy. Just just really uh, a, a nice guy to work with. And he really knows his stuff. He's as close as you can get to working with Steve for a fraction of the cost. <laughs> <laughs> That's efficiency. Yeah. yeah. So he was great. Cool. And, um, and we set up live and did it. Uh-huh. So okay, everybody was... was like, basically, there's a drum room. There's a big main room. And... Adam and Steve and Blake were all in that main room together. I was in uh, the, the vocal booth playing acoustic guitar, so in the, in the room, but we could all see each other, mm-hmm. and we yeah. all played at the exact same time, and then we just dubbed guitar solos and backup vocals when uh, the, the crux of the song is, is done. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. But everyone was playing all while, you know, in the main part of the song, and then, uh, and you pointed out while we were listening to it, Steve had one of the uh, lead solos, and then Adam in another one of the lead solos, and you know you can definitely hear uh, the different types of tones on the guitars and stuff like that. Yeah, they're both great lead guitar players. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. I love playing rhythm guitar, with, especially with these two. It's just <laughs> great. I actually uh, wrote this song. I got a um, electric resonator, so like solid brass body, like thin bodied resonator, um, round neck, so you could play it just like guitar. But I got one for my birthday. Uh, about three years ago, right when we started Beer Hippies, and I yeah. actually wrote that song right after I got that on that guitar, and my, my amazing wife got me that guitar for for my birthday. Uh, so all right, kind of that guitar was written on that resonator, and it's always going to be played on that one. Just so, so that's what the the uh, the guitar that you pull out when you're going to play that song. Yeah, so it's a solid brass body. It's heavier. <laughs> it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can only use it a couple times during a show, or else you'll get big strap marks on your shoulder. Probably, <laughs> it's, it's also it's tuned down to like open G, so it's uh, played with slide guitar. Which, uh-huh. um, and then yeah, it's a there's a couple other songs I've written that are on it too that we we use it for. But yeah, it just goes back. 
So that, you know, reminds me to ask you about where, how did you, you know, what were your influences musically when you were growing up and how did you start playing guitar? Um, I started out playing saxophone in an elementary school band. Yeah. Uh, I used to play alto sax. I wasn't very good, but like, um, I ended up getting into junior high and, you know, getting a little older and, and it, I wish I would have kept playing saxophone now, but when I was a naive young kid, I was like, oh, sax isn't cool anymore. Yeah. I want to play guitar. <laughs> right. So now when you like, get to a certain age, all of a sudden, a sax would be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be right. way cooler yeah. now. Now we'd love to have yeah, right. people come sit in and play saxophone. <laughs> right. so, when I was six, my mom made me you know, take violin lessons, yeah. and I'm sure it would be a lot of fun to play a violin now, but... You know, back then I was like sure. resisting every second. Yeah. So I'm sure that the sax. Ended up getting my mom to sell the saxophone and uh, so I can get a guitar. So I bought right. the starter pack Squire pit kit. And, um, my brother got the bass one and I got the guitar one. I think we pretty much had to, like rock, paper, scissors about who was going to play guitar or bass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now we both can play both of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say. So both you. I mean, I can't play bass nearly as well as he can. I think vice versa. But, um, yeah, no, so sold that about eighth grade, uh, getting into high school, started playing guitar. Um, and yeah, just got in and I started a, uh, a band with a few friends in high school and it was a super emo band. Like very, Super emo band? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Very emo. What, was, what kind of songs did you guys play back then? I would call emo its own genre, really, but it's uh, yeah. I don't I don't really know how to describe it. It wasn't like screaming like. Was it that, covers of rock and roll songs? No, they were you originals. Just, you guys all played original songs. Yeah, so I, I, I was awesome. rhythm guitar in it, so I uh, I kind of we all did a team really writing all the songs, and yeah, we had a like solo singer. He didn't play any instrument; he just sang. And, yeah, yeah, it was like one of those very. Um, like pop punk. Yeah, uh, you grew up in Laporte, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I grew up in Laporte. Went to New Prairie so High School. Was uh, your brother Blake in that band also? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was, yeah so always played side by yeah, side. Yeah, that's cool. Was Howie in that band? No, Howie was not. Okay. Yeah, Howie. who who was in that band? Um, it was my brother and I. Um, my my good friend, I still stay in touch with uh, Tyler Cox. He doesn't really play guitar too much anymore. He's an architect down in Indy. Um, <laughs> Then, He's got uh, a day job. Yeah, keeps him for a little bit too busy. Yeah, <laughs> Jordan McCarley was our drummer. He's just a bunch of guys we went to high school with, and then yeah. John West was our uh, vocalist. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. And I and I know that uh, you started playing with Adam. Were you still in high school when you started with? I was uh, fresh out of high school. Yeah, yeah okay. we, uh, we started working together, um, and actually, it was kind of I got asked to play by proxy if they needed a bassist. Yeah, we so. scooped Blake up first. It was like two uh-huh. for deal. But uh, I went to their first show that Blake was playing at it uh, them at the Featherbone out on the beer garden there. Uh, so Blake right. was playing uh-huh. with the special guests for the first time. And then uh, after the show, uh, their singer Randy came up to me and was like, you know, hey, Blake's brother, nice to meet you. He's like, he's like, I heard you play guitar and he was asking me what I like to play, and I was telling him, and he's like, well, I want you to come to practice next week. So, Oh, cool. I got to be a third guitar in that band, too. So, so you're, <laughs> you're talking about Randy Rogers, and yeah, Randy Paul Rogers, Rogers uh, his son in our studio, is our 
Yeah. Our Sorry only for not uh, contributing very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you are you're not mic'd up, not so <laughs> sorry about that. But <laughs> it's good to have you in the studio. We don't have a lot of guests in the. We don't have a lot of uh, uh, audience members in the yeah. studio, so it's uh, it's good to have you here. This is taped in front of a live audience. Yeah, that's right. Now we can say it, taped in front of a live audience, <laughs> like the Mary Tyler Moore Show, isn't that? <laughs> Uh, all right, hey Bob. Uh, you know, I, we're, we're saving the the best historical um, uh, rundown for last. You know, you, you're close to my age, so I know that you know a lot of things have happened. <laughs> I'm probably older. <laughs> no, but... no, you're not. Okay, <laughs> you're right. 49. Well, I'm, I, not I'm gonna be 52 be next it. month. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're right in the same ballpark. Yeah, the same ballpark, that's yeah. for sure. So, uh, you know, I know you play awesome acoustic guitar. I, I think I've even Thank seen you, you play uh, electric guitar, but it, at least with Beer Hippies, you're playing mostly acoustic guitar. Yeah, for layers. I, I think uh, with the keyboards and two electric, it's it's nice to have that other, uh, Adam calls it, um, is, is it the... the Pi? Frequency spectrum or the frequency pi. The frequency pi. pi. Yeah, uh-huh. Adam right. the frequency pi. So <laughs> I'm sure I didn't make that up. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a great uh, way to describe it because you have just the, you know, there's two electric guitars, there's acoustic guitar, there's keyboard, drums, and bass. So we're getting all the different frequencies yeah, in the yeah. band. And I, I was trying electric guitar for a little bit, but um, it just didn't sound right. There was something missing. And when I went back to playing just straight up acoustic, it just sounds so nice. It's just a little more lush with uh, everybody, you know, in the band. Just that we're hitting all the different instruments. Is that the first instrument that you learned how to play, guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I learned how to play acoustic guitar when I was 12 years old. My sister had an acoustic guitar that she abandoned and never... It's always the siblings. You know, always. the siblings, you know, they're, they're turning... <laughs> the older siblings, they turn you on to music that you never heard about. And, yeah. And then you always... There's always some sibling that... Uh, gives up some instrument and then it becomes your instrument good yeah, to hear yeah she uh, gave glad. it up and didn't want me playing her guitar so that made me want to play it even more like, oh right like i'm getting away she's Sneaking not home around instruments. she ain't gonna know so yeah so i started out with the acoustic guitar and when i went to buy my own guitar uh, it ended up being uh, a bass guitar and i didn't i didn't know the difference uh-huh. so i was uh, 13 and a, a guy down the street uh his name's john Scholben, he uh was a great guitar player, and he was selling a bass guitar. I didn't know the difference between a bass guitar and a regular guitar. So I went down there to, to buy it, and uh, he goes, now you know it's a bass guitar, right? I go, I'm like, yeah, yeah, guitar. <laughs> he goes, bass guitar. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Here's 50 bucks. And, and you're so, like, there's only four strings. Where are the rest? That's it. So it, it was great. It was a little easier. <laughs> so it just felt uh, like, okay, I only have to hit one note instead of all these chords and figure all that kind of stuff out. So I started playing bass. Right. Uh, when I first started, and then uh, shortly after, switched to uh, electric guitar. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Uh, uh, the instrument that would uh, attract girls. Yeah, uh, yeah. right. Bass right. player, not so much. You know, drummers sometimes, <laughs> but like electric guitar, <laughs> yeah. the girls are coming, and uh, you know, and I, I landed a great one. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. We were talking about that. Um, the song that we heard before, uh, Terry Ann, is your wife. Yeah, and the album is. My Terry Ann also. Yeah. And uh, you guys have been married for almost 30 years? That's well, unbelievable. we've been together since 1989, and we've been married for 23 oh, okay. of those years. So we, we've got together in 1989 and uh, got an apartment together in Chicago and, and lived together and worked together and uh, played music together. Um, she was in a band called Misunderstood, 
and I was in a band called Loudmouth, and we would just uh, you know do shows together and play. And she's always uh, just a great musician and just super supportive of uh, of me playing music as I am of her. So uh, it's hard to find that kind of uh, symbiotic relationship with with artists because usually it's like the you know somebody either the girls playing in a band and the guys mad or the guys playing yeah. in a band and the girls mad. Uh, but there was never that kind of thing with us. So um, she always knew what I wanted to do and I always knew what she wanted to do as well so there was never that kind of animosity that could develop what kind of uh, music inspired or you know what kind of musical taste did you have when you first started playing the Beatles yeah yeah Beatles and Stones like that was everything and still is Um, you know there's been a lot of bands that have come along that I love I love Wilco I love Sunbolt I love a lot of the Americana stuff uh, that's out there but Beatles and Stones is always my go-to. I mean, they just covered everything from country to blues to heavy right, metal. Right, um, You know, everything. So I love that kind of uh, variety in music, and I've always modeled my songwriting after that kind of thing. Not, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near that, but as far as, like, writing a heavy metal song. The style. Like Helter Skelter, writing a country uh-huh. song, uh, like Rocky Raccoon. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, why not play it all? Why yeah. not write it all and do it all instead of just having a genre of, you know, we are metal. <laughs> right, it. right. Like, you know, sure, metal's great. I love metal. But um, it's nice to do different things, and that's the great thing about Beer Hippies, is I think we're covering uh, a lot of genre in uh, in the band. So I think we're hitting country. I'd like to hit country a little harder, but uh, we got some jam <laughs> yeah. band element. we got some hard yeah. rock element. You know, yeah. we've definitely uh, got, uh, you know, an element of Americana, uh, which I think is cool. And I think the band is uh, naturally like a, a, a laid-back kind of band but uh i think we're covering everything which is you know, always I, the dream well even when you guys call it a cover i mean you make it your own i know your version of shakedown uh, the grateful dead song shakedown street and you it's guys do a favorite great cover it's my favorite cover yeah yeah i mean it's yeah, uh it's, one of those it's got its own <laughs> life for sure and then uh, uh you know the uh, uh whipping post the Allman brothers whipping post yeah uh that's that's a uh, a great full sound that you create with all the guitars you have and the uh, you know the bass playing and the uh, you know you, I think you really capture that that's that's that song that's the Allman Brothers eleven song you know the Grateful Dead yeah. had their eleven and the Allman Brothers have their eleven what like an eleven eight beat or something like yeah. that yep yeah eleven eight you Seven, find eight, that 11, hard eight. to keep up with that that beat. I don't think it's, not uh, so much. It, well, <laughs> when right. there's the parts where it's like we all have to land on this this particular lick at the same time, that's when the counting comes in. But I, I'm not counting. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just like feel. You know, you, Hopefully three, Howie's counting. Three guitars yeah. and a key, it's kind of... Yeah, 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 as long as the drummer's counting. I mean. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it really more of a is. feel thing. I, I never really thought about that that was an 11, but I guess it is, isn't it? But the great thing about Adam, though, too, uh, when he gets going on a lead... Like he just goes, yeah, and uh, you know, and, and He'll, like knock him over to get like, you know, <laughs> pull him out. He's off. He's off to the races. So you know, everyone just tries to look over and see is he got to wait till what's he doing? Yeah, he he looks it? and nods gonna, at you. I'm right? a big fan of the nod. Just I'll nod at you when when it's time. Rather than you know, oh, it's going to go this many times through the progression. That's that's when there is a lot of counting and. Overthinking, and I think you know. I'd rather just go, and then planning. it's like, all right, you know, I've said yeah. my, my piece. There'd be more mistakes that, if yeah. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sitting around yeah. actually counting, waiting, somebody's gonna miss that count. 
But if it's you're a, two beats behind me. Yeah, if it's a head nod, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to make sure I've got everyone's attention. Like, well, and he wears a captain's hat too, so like that. That way, we everyone knows this is the <laughs> when guy the nod's coming. Right? I'm yes. the captain now. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, Steve, what kind of music were you listening to growing up when um, you first started playing? I grew up on Beatles and Stones oh, and yeah, Zeppelin right. and uh, pretty much you know the same. Uh, I had my phase of uh, you know growing up in the mid 90s you know to grunge and uh metallica nirvana yeah. and all that but yeah i mean it was essentially i mean mostly beatles my first my first cd ever was beatles and um like the writing i think i take a, a little bit from everything it's like uh definitely nirvana was a big part of my growing up and um, oh yeah like kurt cobain style writing and singing and stuff was definitely there a lot but it's yeah, it's been a little bit of everything. I've I've always loved playing blues guitar. Um, from whenever I joined the special guests back with Adam a long time ago, that was kind of like the first cover band I was in, and we played. Oh man, I remember when me and Blake first got in the band, we were just like, "Can we play this? Can we play this?" Like, <laughs> and it was like, "Oh no, no!" The other band that we play with a lot plays that. Like, <laughs> so like you know, we played started playing Skinnerd and stuff like that, and I, and this is all stuff I grew up listening to. I was, you know, I was. Uh, blessed enough to be raised by my parents who just handed down their record collection instead of you know which was all classic rock my every they both were beatles and blues and all that and then there's little bits of bonnie Raitt and like stuff like that i was gonna say you know when you're growing up and your first exposure to music sometimes it's music your parents play that you reject Mm -hmm. sometimes it's music that you you know it it inspires you to learn more and to hear more yeah, and then luckily, like I was, my brother is my twin. Um, we've always been really close, you know. It's, he's always been my best friend, but it's always been, uh, you know, I would when we started getting older and going separate ways and learning new things. But we'd always come back and show each other those same bands. So yeah. it's like he started getting into ska before I did, and you know, he's showing me bands like Less Than Jake and like Real Big Fish and stuff. And I was going in more metal direction at that point in uh-huh. high school. And, but it was yeah, <laughs> kind of all just sharing stuff. Like was that, and that's why I think the genre that we listen to. I mean, I can listen to almost anything and be happy with it. <laughs> so you mentioned Scott. You know, Beer Hippies has three guitarists, uh, four vocalists, five vocalists, five, five vocalists, yeah, five maybe six. Yeah, and we'll a keyboard player, <laughs> and and maybe a uh, you know somebody with a, a horn of some kind come in and play some kind of ska song with yeah. you guys and marcus can do a little bit of horns on his keyboard right? yeah, yeah right. there you go yeah. one step beyond for madness yeah, yeah. One step can you put trumpets in that thing yeah. <laughs> uh i heard a while ago that you steve don't read music is that true you play by ear yeah um, i mean amazing i i grew up like learning from tabs you know yeah. luckily like the internet was a big thing during my uh, growing up and yeah, tab websites started appearing all over where people were tabbing out music. It's not traditional standard notation, which yeah. back I could read that when I was playing saxophone, but when I learned guitar, I only had a couple lessons um, and then just never went back for them, kind of just learned from while my brother was learning bass, and we just used the internet for most of it and learning together, and then meeting new people that played. There was a couple guys in high school that played that you know taught me some things when we'd get together and jam out there. Uh, when I met Adam, it taught me a whole lot more. Um, when I joined the special guests, I started to break down some of those like barriers of little just hints and stuff you could learn to start playing better and better. 
And then doing like open mic nights and stuff like that, you start playing with different musicians you never play with, and that just teaches you so much more. Like, yeah. you know, it's, right. So, yeah. And you guys are fortunate enough to be able to host all these bands at your various parties at, at uh, Burnham. I think that's, that's been the most fun part. <laughs> and, of and you, yeah. you know, I guess uh, theoretically you could uh, decide that you want to get on stage with some of these guys. I mean, I, I don't know what, yeah. how that usually works, but. At our anniversary party in the uh, end of June. Uh, we, the beer hippies opened up the show, so we got to we, we get to play at Burnham every now and then. I don't like to abuse that privilege, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's essentially we could whenever we wanted. Who gets we, to make that decision? Well, since you guys do, then yeah. you get to play. But it's your yeah, place. Gotta, we, we like to support a lot of local music there, yeah. so it's and we stretch out a little farther. But I mean, for the most part, everybody we get within a hundred mile radius. So. Yeah. Well, we've talked about Burnham a couple times, and this is the uh, the brewery that you and your brother uh, and a couple other guys, right? Like um, Howie? Uh, five other friends, actually. Okay. Yeah, we've, so seven of us, eight of us total, actually. And, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah, we started about five years ago. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, who, and you, who's, you know, initial recipes were you using for some of the beers that you guys have coming out with? Um, it was my own and then one of our other business partners, uh, Rob Austin. Like, the two of us were doing most of the Brewing. recipe writing, yeah. Uh-huh. And we, yeah, we had, like, a little homebrew club going. But it was between the two of us, my brother was writing some recipes, too, at the time. Um, there was about, yeah, the seven of us really kind of were in my house homebrewing back in the day before I got a job up at Greenbush Brewing uh-huh. here in Sawyer, Michigan. So. And uh, Blake? Two worked at Greenbush, but he was the chef there for a while. Yeah, so he got hired in the kitchen, and uh, eventually was uh, running the kitchen for a little while there mm-hmm. before we uh, both left to start Burnham. So. Yeah, and uh, I, I mean, how many beers have you guys created over the years? And they always have oh, such man. cool names, and you know, it's got some kind of you know cool reference to them. Yeah, so we started like we originally wanted to do like all music themed beers. So mm-hmm. like the Hot Parade is uh, our IPA and it was named after the Soft Parade Jim Morrison song. Yeah. Oh yeah. A little right. Jim Morrison skeleton uh-huh. on the front of the can. <laughs> but um, we have Red Zeppelin is our uh, English Red Ale and uh, it, it's we wanted to do that but we noticed like that wouldn't happen. We're now over like I think last time I counted over 400 recipes. Now some of the lots of those have been one and done kind of uh-huh. things, but uh-huh. well, we've uh, we've brewed a lot. We have a small 15 gallon system still in the brewery. Um, our main production system is a seven barrel, so it's about 250 gallons. So we brew pretty big batches all the time. But um, those are like the main production beers that we're putting in the cans that you're seeing on tap at all the restaurants and bars around town. Now if you come to the tap room, the list is usually a little weirder because it's a lot of the small batch stuff we're putting out. Uh, uh-huh. One keg is coming off that system. If it goes good in the tap room, then we can move it to production for yeah. big batching. So. And then you do, do, you do distribution as well. You can and distribute it around uh, primarily northwest Michi- northwest uh, Indiana. Is yeah, that right? well, we're actually all over the state of Indiana, but northwest is probably our, close to our biggest market, but Indianapolis is actually a pretty big one, too. Oh, uh, we right. go Fort Wayne, uh, as far south as Bloomington and Columbus and Indiana, and then we do some Lafayette on the east side of the state, yeah, west side of the state, sorry. Yeah. Any other states, Michigan or um, um, Illinois? Not just Indiana for now. All uh, right. But, yeah, we're kind Room of for growth. Yep, maxed out on our production. We'll get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you do all your production in-house as opposed to using uh, beer 
you know, like a large-scale beer producer and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we do everything in, in-house, small, 1,000 square feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and I know that you guys just recently opened a restaurant in Laporte uh, yeah. called Bear Bones. Um, you know, more suge- – you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, overlap in between um, – yeah. You know, some of the themes that you guys come up with, with Burnham and Bare Bones. And yeah, we kind of went through the idea of, like, opening a Burnham Brewing restaurant in Laporte. But since we weren't going to be brewing on site, we thought maybe, like, starting it as a separate business might be a little better. So we were just, uh, went with a name that's similar. You know, the Bare Bones, like, uh, the Burnham Brewing logo is a skeleton, which, uh-huh. um, you know, kind of went with a Bare Bones kind of skeleton-themed uh, to it, but it's called Bare Bones Gastro Pub, and it's just a lot of really experimental food with uh, really local, like sourced ingredients. It's a lot of it. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, I actually ate there a couple weeks ago. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing. Mostly yeah. Burnham yes. beer on tap. But uh-huh. We have uh, we support a lot of other breweries too. We have twenty four taps with a lot of guests. So yeah. How did you guys come up with the name Burnham? Um, Burnham was actually named after my father. Uh, his name was Hugh Burnham Murray. Like spelled like Burnham, B-R-N-H-A-M. Um, so we changed the spelling, you know, to be a little more marketable for us. And uh, but yeah, it was um, the building we're in was my dad's construction company growing up, and it was a um, after he passed away in 2011. Like we had the building for sale, and that was right around the same time I started working at Greenbush um, and getting back into home brewing a lot. And that's when uh shortly after that we decided we wanted to start burnham we uh started buying some like equipment used from greenbush that they were upgrading their their stuff so we were buying some of their their used stuff and putting it in storage but we were looking for a building that we might want to start our brewery in but we didn't know how long it was really going to take and uh yeah we just kind of started thinking about it and the building was not cut out for a brewery by any means but we uh started gutting it and built started building burnham there so i know the building you're talking about and it looks like it was a house at one time yeah you pull up you look like you're coming yeah. to someone's house <laughs> right right and and so you know it was your dad's office or his uh construction it didn't even probably look like a house even back when he was using yeah, it, it as a it, honestly yeah, his changed, headquarters for construction yeah, it hasn't changed too much on the outside the um the tap room now where people can come visit was the offices um there was a few desks up there um back when my dad first started the company my grandpa was actually uh, the architect there, so he was drawing the buildings while my dad was building them. Um, but he retired in late '90s. But uh, um, the back with that, where he stored all construction supplies, lumber, and all that, is where we do all the brewing now. And then the upstairs was always an apartment um, that we used to rent out. Um, now it is our offices because we kind of took yeah. the whole building. But that's where we. So all the production is basically on the first floor. Yep, production and tap. And all the food is now in bare bones in Laporte. Yeah, we still do um, some small food over in the tap room. We mm-hmm. do like soft pretzels, but they're cooked by a baker down the road, which he actually Arturo. supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He supplies all the bread for the Bare Bones restaurant too, so he does all that for us. But and and I know Bare Bones has a very interesting story too. Yes. How so, did that come about? Well, we um we didn't have really any plans to move to Laporte at all, and then uh, the city had a uh, program where they were buying some of these buildings that were in pretty bad disarray, and uh, putting a lot of money into them to remodel them and then you got to enter like a business plan and the five-year projections out there to try to um, get picked to buy this building off of the city so if you get picked then you were able to purchase the building at a very low amount and that was a 
then you know finish construction and build it out to what you wanted so we proposed them a plan for this restaurant that told them it was you know not going to be Burnham but it would be something owned by us and ran by us and yeah they picked us for it and so we kind of jumped into construction last year um, right around Thanksgiving so wow that was pretty quick turnaround then to take a open space and create a yeah, they did some of the infrastructure work, but yeah, we were left with a blank slate and <laughs> having to run all our own electrical wherever we wanted it. And like, they're magicians, yeah. man. Those yeah, guys are magicians. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, <laughs> and in your spare time, you're <laughs> creating music with Bob and Adam and the rest of them. Um, and that all started when you, you had that band tree, right? Yes, so after I was in the band with... Uh, Here's what I want to do. Let's uh, yeah. let's save that for uh, the podcast period of time. We're nice. going to close out the radio show. Awesome. Uh, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country. This is WRHC 106.7 out of Three Oaks and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. I'm John Goldman. I'm here with my co-host, Adam Conley. You are. We've been fortunate enough to have... <laughs> Bob Federson and Steve Murray here as our guests tonight. Uh, our show airs 2 to 3 on Fridays and again on Wednesdays from 10 to 11 p.m. And you can also stream us through the Harbor Country Radio website. Uh, we are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And we are going to close out the radio show with this next song. And if you're listening to the podcast, stick around. Got additional uh, content to bring to you. And if you aren't, check out our podcast, Johnny Secret Stash, Johnny with uh, no H. Just look it up. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Podbean, um, that app on your phone, whatever that one's called, that purple thing. And here we go. This is uh, Beer Hippies Jump Into the Water, side B of their 45.
Hit you with a hammer If you playing awesome Baby you a jammer If you breaking curfew Breaking line order If you being true boo Jump into the water 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 If you gonna break it Baby then you bought it If you gonna shake it Shake it right this moment And if you gonna lose it Tell it to your mama If you gonna choose it Jump into the water And we're back on, and if you're still listening, you're now in the podcast time. Uh, We're not on the radio show anymore. We can say whatever we want. We can use the F word or the... S word. Or, Fudge. Yeah. yeah. Sandbox. <laughs> no restrictions. All right. Uh, and I'm here with Bob Federson and Steve Murray. Both of them together are in a band, Beer Hippies, which is also a band that Adam Conley's a lead guitarist for. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Steve, you were also in a band called Tree. Yeah. Uh, so um, I don't know if we talked about that. What, what's that band? So Tree started um, with just my brother, myself, and then Howie Weisjohn, uh, who's our drummer in the Beer Hippies now. So um, it started shortly after I was in the band with Adam Conley and uh, Randy Rogers, who's Paul, who's with us, is Randy's dad. Or, no, so, Paul is Randy's son. Uh, <laughs> you're no. Randy's dad. Yeah, you, look, you look great. You look great. <laughs> like the nexus of the universe. You don't look old enough to have a 52 year old dad or a 52 year old son. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, we uh, after that band disbanded, uh, we uh, my brother and I were just playing the, a lot of the covers. We learned, you know, in special guests together, and then. Um, we needed a drummer, so we, our friend Howie, he was going to college down in Indianapolis, but every time he came home, um, was back home staying with his parents, like on summer break and stuff, we're, he was coming out to our house in South Bend, because we were going, we were living out there at the time, and uh, just teaching him some of these songs and jamming and learning new ones, we started learning, like, because the special guests, we played a lot more classic rock, um, you know, Skinner and some... Uh, Patty, Patty, Patty with stones, yeah, covers, we a lot of, lots of stuff. But well done. I mean, I remember seeing you guys. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, we had a Halloween show where we sounded. played Metallica and some uh, like Motorhead. And stuff. <laughs> it was a great time. What, what Metallica Motorhead did you play? Uh, well, we played a uh, Shake Your Blood. That's not actually Motorhead, but it's sung by Lemmy. It was a uh, Dave Grohl's yeah. Probot like project. Oh, but, okay. uh, we played that, and then we did uh, what Seek and Destroy. Seek and Destroy, yeah, yeah, by Metallica. <laughs> but. Uh, then yeah, so after that we we started playing a little more of um, like Sublime and uh, we were doing lots of Chili Poppers covers and stuff like that. And then we used to just uh, play friends parties all the time, all around. Like well, how we moved back home after a certain point. Um, back home up here. Yeah, he moved uh-huh. back from uh, Indianapolis back up to New Carlisle, and um, we were just playing like lots of friends parties more than anything. And then we started booking some actual shows. But um, yeah, Adam was coming out and playing with us quite a bit. Uh, 
at random shows yeah. here and there. But like we started out, our first show was at this old bar called The Still in New Carlisle, which is gone now. It's it's actually a place called uh, Long Shots now. But yeah, it, was, it used to be called The Still. There was you know holes in the drywall. <laughs> the, my kind of bar, in the men's right? bathroom, yeah. you could see outside. Oh, great! Yeah, like there's a hole in the wall. You could literally see the alley. <laughs> so in the winter time, there was a good draft coming in there. But it was a good you know down home bar. Didn't you guys have your uh, beer hippies like inaugural live show at some place in New Carlisle, like right on the lake there? Yeah, that was called Monroe's Crossing, Monroe's which they're Crossing, still there. Right. It used to be a casino way back in the forties. Is that right? Yeah, they said they say it was, it was owned cool by Al place. Capone back in the day. Um, ah. And there's like some tunnels underground. Oh uh, yeah, in the basement. Then you Al know, we're escape cool tunnels and stuff. Yeah. yeah, super cool place. He had a house in Sawyer that uh, had some kind of tunnel, like somewhere yeah. else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Escape tunnels. You probably know, yeah. <laughs> Adam. I love that. Huh? I mean, I've never been in it, but it's he, super cool looking. It's got a lot of lore to it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. And I have friends, uh, or a friend at least, that would house sit there for. A couple hours ago, and I was like, just, "Can I come over and just like poke around in there?" Just gotta poke around, look for stuff. Bob, I you have a new album out, right? Um, yeah, a solo album. Yeah, new solo album, a Robert Ralph Federson record called "Pepper in His Heart." And uh, a lot of the new record um, was recorded with Steve Albini in Chicago. Uh, I do all my records with Steve, uh, but it was inspired by all these uh, wonderful people that um, I, I'm, I'm a part of their lives. Uh, all the Burnham folks and uh, everybody that I've gotten to know over the past couple of years. Uh, the title track is taken from uh, Zach Blackwood and his uh, daughter Pepper. There was a, a video that um, that Zach made on Instagram, and he was asking his daughter Pepper, who's like like two and a half or like three yeah uh what she wants to hear like a record and she wanted to hear she goes she said whiskey shivers and and it didn't end there zach goes what songs do you want to hear from whiskey shivers and she said sisyphus and my wife and i were watching this video like oh my god it's just so sweet the kid loves whiskey <laughs> shivers and she wants to hear sisyphus uh it's i i just um was inspired to write a song uh pepper in his heart uh, just about the love between a, a, a father and his daughter. And uh, it's just a fun little tale about Zach going into a grocery store and stealing habaneros and uh, and getting so hot that the fire chief has to come in and hold him <laughs> down and because uh, he's eating all these peppers. He's got a pepper in his heart. It's kind of a condition, but uh, an incurable condition of, of love. So um, Well, I tell you what, I haven't queued up. Let's listen to that right now. That That's an awesome, awesome. introduction. Here we go. Got a pepper in his heart. Hey! 
From the produce part now, old Zach Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Well, he started sweating bad and he was sweating up a storm. So we took off all his clothes in the grocery store. The fire chief came with the hose that he got, but he couldn't tend the flame from the pepper in his heart. Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart. Old Zach Blackwood got a pepper in his heart. Pepper in his heart, yeah, pepper in his heart. Old Zach Blackwood got a all right. That, I, I really like that sign. That's great. Thank you. I appreciate and that. We were chatting in the uh, while I was playing, and um, so it's just a little over two minutes, which is, uh, you know, that's even short for, like, radio play. You know, there's always this talk like, well, you know, the Grateful Dead aren't going to get any songs on the air because, you know, they're all nine-minute songs. Sure. And, you know, uh, a lot of your songs are, are um, short Sweet, you know, just and and they get you going. I appreciate that. And that's that Beatle influence. That's the oh, Beatle yeah. and Stone, especially the early days, and uh, you know CCR as well. Like they have a lot right. of really short songs. Uh, like Suzy Q is a longer. song. That's a much longer song. But right. the majority of their stuff is like less than three minutes. And I've always liked to, you know, just there's an old saying. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. So, <laughs> I've always been a singer. I've always liked to get to the chorus and get to the gist of, of like you know, hey, let's get everyone singing this song as fast as we can. Yeah, you know. So um, yeah, I like short and sweet. Short and and, sweet and we were talking before. You've written over a hundred different songs, right? I've got nine solo albums out, and um, I did uh, four albums with uh, my old band Loudmouth, and then uh, just some stuff as a teenager just some cassettes like uh -huh. that kind of thing so i've been putting out and writing for a long time i'd say probably since 1984 i've been writing my own stuff and, and performing my own stuff what's your songwriting process i mean you get a, a jingle you know you get the melody in your head and then build the song around that or you get the the lyrics and you try to build the the melody around that what happens it happens pretty instantaneous for me it's usually something hits me like a like a lightning bolt or something and i just got to write it out and get it done I, I probably haven't spent more than 20 minutes writing a song i just i get an idea awesome. and I, it's kind of like i have to get it off my chest so i can be a normal person again i got <laughs> this idea it's like oh, get I, it gotta out. This out. I gotta write it down okay this is this this is that okay great and uh and then it's done there's oh. usually not a ton of thought like maybe that's you know streams of consciousness or whatever that goes on with with some writers but it's definitely an idea that i feel like it's like a hot potato in my hand like you know i, I gotta get rid of this it, potato so, so is it ever not done are you always thinking oh i should change this or i should change that on a particular song or once you come out with it you just get it down and and that's the song that's it that's yeah, the latter yeah, I just like to get the whole thing, the whole chunk down, and then move on to the next. You don't ever tune, half get something half done and come back to it. Is it always in one sitting, or it's usually one sitting, Adam? And uh, anything that gets like kind of half done, if I can't finish a song, I just pretty much discard it oh, and, okay. and, and go to the next thing. I have some half lyrics all over my my music room and yeah. my kitchen. My my house is a mess. Uh, so if, if if I don't have the whole thing done, I kind of uh, 
you know, if I don't go back to it, I don't think it's it might not have been a great idea. So it's kind of the, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, this is part of it, part of the process. What about you, Steve? How how do you put your song together? You know, uh, what's your writing process, um, or is I, it different each time? It's I've done a little bit of different ways, I guess. I I've written out full songs, just lyrics, like written out pages, and uh, I'm not as short and sweet as Bob is. Uh, like some, I you write four verses and five yeah. verses. Some of our songs are pretty long, like yeah. Bob Dylan style. Yeah. You know, yes. like glass of wine, typewriter in the corner, just <laughs> stream of consciousness. Yeah, I don't know about all that. No, um, yeah. Sometimes I've, I've written a riff, like a guitar riff, so I'll record it on my phone really quick, and I'll like. I, so it might be in the morning before I'm heading to work or something. I'll play it in the car on the ride to work, just that riff over and over, like on repeat, just listening to it. And sometimes, like that's when some lyrics. A lot of uh-huh. times, lyrics have came to me like in the car, which is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like, you're, oh shit! Yeah, you're behind the you wheel. Pull over to the side of the road. Yeah, and like trying to type it up in the notes section on my phone <laughs> yeah. or something. Cause it's a little safer than pulling out a pen and paper on the road, but you know, still not great. But um, and that yeah, so it's been a little bit of both, and yeah. Uh, one of our songs, uh, I, I do come back to like partial songs. Uh-huh. You know, I'll, I'll record riffs, I'll record like a single verse, or I'll record like one line out of a chorus, and might come back to it a year later and start playing with it again. But um, like I was really stumped on this one song. I wrote like the, I wrote the verse, I wrote the first verse, and I wrote like a chorus and all that to it, and all the music, like the the rhythm music and like that but i could not get any more verses out of this uh i just uh brought it to practice one day and i sent it to my brother and he hasn't <coughs> written any of like original beer hippies music yet so i was like hey you should try to write a verse to this so i sent him the music to it with the empty verses and i sent it to bob too and i was like so that's a three verse song and we each do one now so like blake wrote one and kept it with the theme of what i was writing and that was Bob really generous. That was a really generous idea. I thought that was That's great. Nice. He just couldn't come up with another, you know, verse for it and didn't force the issue. Like, hey, I'm in a band. Let's let, you know, yeah. other people take I, care I of it. I really liked, song. like, the riff and the whole, like, theme, the music of the song, too. So I was like, I don't want to trash this because I can't think of anything on it. Yeah. Like, it's like a little gypsy-ish kind of, like, reggae gypsy-ish. Like, Definitely. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. How many songs uh, do you guys have? Uh, with beer hippies, I know the two that actually got on the forty-five mm-hmm. um, that we, you know, listened to both of them. I think we have at least fourteen originals. Yeah, something Drinks like with that. the yeah, devil right and jumping in the water. Twelve and fifteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we have some new ones too that we're. You gonna go back into the studio with those? Yeah, we're hoping to. Um, in fall, like we just opened the restaurant. My brother really. Can barely walk away from that. Yeah, right now. barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. So and breweries picking up its summer season. So like we're yeah. So we're, usually fall winter is something, and I think we're aiming for either one of those for trying to get back into the studio. Um, even if we can try to like, because going to electrical audio and trying to get in, you know, twelve songs out of there, you know, even if we pick seven out of the ones we want, like, what have we done? It costs eight million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're doing the math, and yeah, it'll go up there. And then also on top of that's like, you know, the time it took us fourteen hours to do two songs. Oh, it was a really? whole Sunday. We got there at ten a.m. and didn't leave till like well, like two in the morning. Yeah, were those <laughs> written ahead of time? The two songs that you put on yeah. the forty-five? So yeah, jump into the water yeah. and drinks with devil. Were Written, rehearsed many times before. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Bob said, 
you know, we're going to go record these on this day, we sort of just hammered those two into the ground and made uh-huh. sure that we were prepared going in. And yeah, and that was even before we had Marcus, so now if we're trying to add a key yeah. keyboard to everything, it's in the studio would be a mess. Oh, or, right, You know, right. just a lot of time that we don't have, and, like, otherwise we could start setting it up in, like, sessions or something. But So we're talking with a friend who uh, might... Uh, bring some equipment out to like our to my house where we do a lot of our rehearsal and that's what I'm shooting for yeah and trying to record there for us like oh, you know because right. then we could do parts of it once a week kind of thing, <coughs> well, and we don't have to travel to Chicago and we're comfy yeah. there it's you know it's, yeah. we can just crash or yeah. cook dinner or whatever we're all within yeah. what forty five minutes of there yeah so. and we're yeah. all in the realm so, so. but uh, d- definitively I, I'm yes. I'm kind of a, on task type of uh, uh, musician, we, we are making a record. We're going to make a full length yes, record. Yes, we are. Right. For sure. <laughs> definitely making a full length 12 song record. Yep. So, which uh, will be great. That's awesome. That sounds so. great. And looking forward to, to hearing that and uh, any idea what the title is going to be or that's way down the line? Yeah. Uh, I, I have one idea. Oh. Built, built to Spill. Beer hippies built to oh, yeah. Right? That's I love just what it. I did. I don't That's great. We gotta write that song. That sounds good. It was built to tilt. Built to tilt. That's it. Was it, it was like, a tilt. Like a, like a pinball Adam. machine. Yeah. yeah. With with beers on the pinball there you machine, go. Yeah. right? Yeah, built Both. to tilt. That was it. Yes, Adam. I remember yes. that. All right. Yeah. Good. So uh, obviously Burnham is one of the places you probably prefer to play you've got you know your you can always rely on your core fan group being there <laughs> your your wives your girlfriends your it's my your friends hands down my favorite place to play my favorite uh beer hands down but There's then you also play a ton 100, of 100 plus shows a year all, all these different breweries what are some of your favorite places to play? Well, Burnham's my absolute favorite, and I say that whether Steve's here or not. <laughs> um, that's just for sure. The beer yeah, is, right. is amazing. Uh, I, I love Bare Hands out in Granger. They're making great beer. Oh, right. 18th Street's making great beer. Uh, is in, that Pilsen? Uh, in uh, Hammond. Oh, yeah, okay. 18th and Hammond, and then they have another uh, tap room in uh, Gary in the Miller Beach neighborhood. Uh, they're, they're doing a great job. New Oberfalls in Griffith is doing a great job. Uh, there, there's a lot of, of really excellent beer that's out there, but uh, you know my first and foremost is uh, is, is Burnham. Yeah. It just is. I and love you it. and you mostly play at um, breweries. Ninety nine percent. How did of no? Shows. So how did that come about? That you decided that that's going to be where you set yourself up. I play all original music, so um, you know I think that a lot of places, if if there's people looking for like a certain kind of beer, I just always equated like you know breweries as being independent and doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Anyone can drink what they want and play what they want, but I'm doing all original music, so I just thought that a lot of breweries would be uh, receptive to, uh, yeah, we do want original music here. You know, it's an original brewery. Why not have original yeah. music? Um, you know, and whatever Self, anyone does, self-expression. Yeah, of and it's not a, a, a knock on what anyone does. If anyone has a cover cover band or a tribute band, that's great. If that's what you're doing, that's great. But as a songwriter, uh, it's hard to make a living as a songwriter. And um, you know, a lot of breweries have supported uh, original music, and I do support their beer. I go to stores and buy it, and I, you know, if I love a brewery and they they support me, I support them. And each time you play there, you know, you're publicizing their brewery and, Absolutely. you know, as well as your as your own song and, and getting people there 
and I, you know, I know that you encourage the crowd to get involved, and and they're as a result, they're not just there drinking beer and oh, hey, there's some guy playing over there. They get a little bit more uh, focused on what you're playing, and you incorporate them into the show in a sense. Well, absolutely, we're all in a room together. Yeah. So uh, the nice thing about most breweries is you set up on the floor with everybody else. You're not on a stage and on a pedestal. Right. So like, I really enjoy just being a part of a room with everybody. And hey, this is what I have to say. And you know, if people like it, then it's even more fun. And I want people involved and engaged. And I want people to stay. I want people to stay at the brewery and, uh, and buy some beers and support the brewery. Maybe get a shirt or whatever, but stick around and listen to you know a two or three hour set and uh, support you know somebody doing something completely independent which is i love it you must have a hard time keeping track of all these different places that you you know you got to get to and be at and, and luckily, promote I, and <laughs> luckily i have a wife who's a superstar oh good she's, yeah. she's amazing with all of that yeah i don't take Great. any credit for that she tells me where we need to go what time we need to be there and then i just make sure that that happens she does that i do the physical end of it i set up the gear i write the songs i perform and do all that stuff but terry is all of the website and facebook and all that stuff to and she promote. sings and performs with you too and, and amazingly she's great yeah, she, didn't she, she just had her own set at, at burnham, burnham. she did her own set at yeah. burnham yeah and it was great she's my songs. favorite singer man she's my yeah. favorite singer there's no doubt about it there's a lot of great singers out there but terry has her own voice and she's unbelievable and i want to do a Terry Ann album as well. That was a great set. And then um, you usually have your dog at a lot of these places, especially during the summer months. Yeah, Honeybee. Honeybee. Uh, Terry and I are involved with Chicago English Bulldog Rescue, and for the past 12 years that's what we've done, and we actually had our first bulldog, Daisy Duke, here at the studio yeah. at WRHC. That's and, right. Um, we were, you were uh, you had a show on the air here before you went to WVL. I started left to center here, and uh, – and, Daisy Duke was always welcome, and uh, it was just great. We, anywhere we can bring our bulldog, like that's where we want to go even more. Yeah. So, and I will say there's places if we can't bring our dog, Terry's like, well, do we really want to play there? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of people are these? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Monsters. Yes. Dogs are welcome on Burnham Burton's patio. <laughs> Which is great. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, And I think there's more of that, where breweries uh, let the, you know, let the dogs in and uh, make it. There's always kids at the at the breweries these days. You know, it's it is like a whole different approach to um, getting together and getting drunk. I've never mm-hmm. been in a fight at a brewery. I've never had a bad time at a brewery. It's it's Isn't always that funny. Like, just you know, what's what's fun. I mean, define bad. Yeah. I mean, there's been a few moments. I was focusing on the rare. fight part, but yeah. Uh, no. you know, what is it about drink? I mean, you know, you could go to a an old man bar, drink beer, and there's going to be a fight. Um, but go to a brewery, and all of a sudden, you know, there's kids around, people playing frisbee or whatever. I mean, it depends on how much space is going on. You're going there to escape, and yeah, you know, yeah. and then maybe at the brewery. I mean, some people might use the brewery for that too. But at yeah. the same time, it's it's like a social hub where brewery is like a destination. Yeah, people are coming dive bars, for the yeah. beer and not just to. <laughs> the alcohol yeah not know? just because yeah. it's <laughs> steps away from where they live or something yeah. like that it's hard to be grizzled yeah, a couple at a brewery them, yeah. You know? yeah it's hard to be nah, right it's hard to be i'm gonna upset. go to burnham and be angry yeah. right nah. it no, is we'll you know after anger. drinking some of that the um, burnham beer and, and you know i mean just generally um some of these breweries it, it, it does give you that happy buzz definitely yeah. Yeah. <laughs> different from maybe a budweiser or something but uh, you know just 
Maybe it's the sugar level in the beers. Or, or not I getting sponsored yeah. by Budweiser. Yeah. 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 Right. It's just the podcast. I'll be honest with you. I, I, uh, I had one, uh, half of one, uh, a couple of weeks ago at, at a concert I played, and I, I really did not feel good. I didn't finish oh. it. I just, I really yeah. just did not feel it. I was like, nah, this isn't, this Sometimes isn't great. approach I, experimental uh, yeah. stuff. I tried. Yeah. Because you deserve what every individual should enjoy regularly. Yep. Not true. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna close out the show pretty quick. You know, pretty soon. But can, I, we, can we mention yeah. that mere hours from this airing, oh, we're right. gonna oh, be yeah, yeah. playing what yeah. hopes to be a really uh, yeah. cool, uh, fun show. Yeah, surprised we haven't plugged uh, that yet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's get into that. There's, so I'm there's gonna no be listening to this anyway. from Chicago. Yep. And then. Uh, yeah, we'll be, I'll be in the city probably listening to this. Yeah, and right. then a couple airing. hours. So you're we'll, talking about the Cubby we Bear will be show. We'll be at the Cubby Bear on yeah, July, July 19th. 19th. Yeah, with yeah. our good friends Anchors, uh, David Black, who was on last week, uh-huh. and Frankie B. And I don't know. I, I, I speak for everybody and say I, I'm, we're all real excited about it. What's the uh, order yeah. of the mm-hmm. of the bands playing? Do you have any idea? Anchors are first, and then it's Frankie B, and then it's Beer Hippies. All right. So, and we got to pick a, a nice bill, too, which was great. Uh, oh, so, so you guys chose to bring in Anchors and Frankie B. I'm not familiar with her. Uh, the promoter uh, from the Cubby Beer uh, showed me Frankie B, and she's really amazing. And she's a young uh, singer-songwriter out of Chicago, and she's got like a real cool jazzy kind of voice. And, uh, you know, anytime there's young artists out there, like, really going for it, this is all she does. Yeah, that's so great. So it's just, like, cool to get that out. And Anchors are uh, putting the finishing touches on their new album, and they're an all-original band. Oh, it's out. It's out. Yeah. yeah. They got the vinyl? Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the yeah, thing yet. Yeah, probably CDs but, just okay. He's talking about the vinyl. Yeah, uh, okay. they had a little re- release they, he, party. They record in, uh, in, uh, uh, in a... Their house. Yeah. Uh, yeah Dave yeah. does. Yeah. Dave Black. He's actually Dave Black. Yeah. We've talking with about. Comments. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we played a couple things off it when, when he was here last Gotcha. Time. That's awesome. Yeah, Adult Decisions. Yep. There, there's some great yeah, stuff yeah. off the new album. Yeah, uh, Dave's great. David, yeah, he, he's amazing. The band is, is just unbelievable. And that's another band that I discovered from you guys at Burnham. I mean, it was just a right. killer band. So we're just going to go to Chicago and, and knock it out. And uh, rock the Cubby Bear. We've never yeah. played the Cubby Bear. It's our my uh, my yeah, first time having a, my first yeah. time too. Band name on a like on an actual ticket. Yeah, with a hologram on it. Like, so yeah. that's, a, that's the coolest <laughs> part. I think. I don't know. That that will be an unbelievable event. How exciting! You know, I mean, it's a, a real venue. You know, yeah. it's a uh-huh. big place. Wear my captain's hat. All, All right. right. God, you better. <laughs> now I have to. I have to do it every time. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said it's it on new, the air. Good luck, Charlie. <laughs> we all need someone to look at, Adam. Yeah. So, like, what are we doing? Ah, captain. Okay. <laughs> already thinking about what T-shirt to wear. So. All right. <laughs> well, are you going to wear the um, the uh, um, suit pants? The, oh, I don't know. I'm wearing them right now, though. <laughs> Damn, oh, I got my dress slacks. Well, too far off. Dress slacks yeah. and flip flops. I think I'm gonna have to wear my. This in, is what I'm wearing Indiana's. all summer. Yeah. It's just dress pants and flip flops. But I don't know. Awesome, I might man. wear my, my bold airy, jersey. Easy to go. You know, I'm gonna have to wear my uh, Indiana's fuck shirt. I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, definitely looking forward to that show. That'll be a good one. And so great to have you guys here. Yeah, thanks so Steve much, Murray. Thanks Thank for you. having us, Adam Thanks, uh, you guys. We appreciate it. 
We are twofer. Johnny's secret stash, and you are in the podcast portion of it, so you might have heard uh, you know, us not holding back on, on the kind of things we were talking about. <laughs> that was the uh, first off bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to plug one in, man. <laughs> we're also available on uh, WRHC out of out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ out of Sawyer, Michigan, or through the Radio Harbor dot uh, org website you can stream the show when it airs on fridays from 2 to 3 p.m eastern or re-airs on uh, wednesdays from <coughs> 10 to 11 p.m and uh if you have trouble finding us on uh, podcast do a search for johnny secret stash but don't use an h in johnny that's the that's the trick there um you can find Jonathan. us on Podbean, podcast whatever that app is on the phone are you on spotify i you know i don't know maybe right after the show i'll check that <laughs> yeah, out they do have a podcast section now so. yeah and you know what in. i think we are I, but i think they pull it in from itunes or something like that and that was a little bit of a project to for yeah, us to yeah we had to like you know go through some approval process or whatever so yes we are on itunes actually so that, that was fortunate uh, we are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need for your own secret stash. And uh, any Bob, why don't we play this Detroit song off your new album? Great. All right. Wh- what's song. that one about? Uh, it's about uh, playing in New York with with my old group, uh, Loudmouth, and then uh, playing in Detroit as Robert Ralph Federson more recently, and having. Uh, just a great time in Detroit. I love its cities. One of my favorite cities on earth. And, uh, you know, New York can go F itself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, we never are out of here. Never New York again. Great. We're never playing New York. Oh, man. Perhaps. <laughs> now CBGB's gone, so who cares? <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Here we go. Detroit from uh, Bob Federson's newest album. Uh, what's it? Uh, it's called... It, it's called uh, Pepper in His Heart. Pepper in His Heart. Yeah, my bad. And here we go. Good night, everybody. CBGB in 99 with Queens of the Stone Age and friends of mine. Bowery Ballroom that year, too, in the garden. Well, I played that, too. Tower said my CD got specs to and Ozzy big old ad in Times Square now it's like I was never there and New York City won't remember you it won't remember me when the wind blows through yeah New York City won't remember you it won't remember me Detroit 2001
second time. COC and Godsmack doing all it up with a bunch of cherry dudes. Well, now I'm at PJ's place, the logger house gave me some space. Corktown, I remember you. I hope 